Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Funkcast podcast. This week we have another guest, so please guest, tell us who you are and who you main. Hey, thanks for having me. My name is TJ. I go by Tijuana on Twitch. I am a nurse killer main and uh, I've got a couple rankings at the moment. I'm number four for the fastest speed run on speedrun.com for nurse. I got a two minute, one second time. Um, and I got a couple other stats. I'm number four for uh, most survivors downed while carrying another survivor. Number 14 for most blink hits in the game. And I'm currently prestige 87, just kind of slow working my way up to P100. So. Yeah, I actually remember that speed run. I think it was done on Hawkins, I think. It's on the lab, yeah. Yeah, so the nurse was somebody who I've really found hard to play uh, and requires so much precision blinking and knowledge just to keep track of survivors. But ultimately, she is very strong, and there's no denying it. But what made you start playing this killer? So uh, without getting too much into my personal life, um, I knew that I was going to have a lot of time set aside. Uh, my daughter was born uh, three years ago in the summer and I had family medical leave and I kind of took the, the night shift duty for my daughter. And so while she napped and in between feedings and stuff while I was home, uh, I just played tons and tons of DVD throughout the night. And every time my daughter woke up, you know, I'd take her uh, for feedings and stuff like that. But basically what I knew is I had a bunch of time set aside to play. And that's really what you need to learn nurse. Prior to playing nurse, I played a lot of cannibal, doctor, huntress. I played Freddy. Um, but basically what I knew is that to learn her mechanics, you really have to sit down and actually have the time. And in the terminology, I always say is, is early on, you got to embrace the suck. Uh, you're you're going to probably get walked on especially if you get hit with a lot of uh, cop teams and things like that um you can't let it discourage you you just gotta continue learning while playing her so thanks for coming along to this interview with us tj it's great to have you here so uh let's start with how we start all of our podcasts and go over your build so you've got many kinds of builds there's the efficient ones the ones people play for fun and the ones people like to use on a regular basis um so let's talk about your build what works for you and why do you run it so when i was uh trying to do speed runs my go-to build was starstruck agitation uh, infectious and barbecue and when they removed the blood point uh, multiplier for barbecue i started running jolt in its place and jolt i think is primarily used as a gen slowdown perk but it does have some passive information and blood point uh bonuses as well um you, you think you're getting basically bonuses for uh, gens that you would have never kicked physically. Um, and there's certain times where you may be able to blow three, four, maybe even five gens at once, depending on where you are in the map. Uh, a lot of that has changed now because the nurses, um, her, her M1 is no longer, uh, or, I'm sorry, her, her blankets are no longer considered an M1. So um, certain things are affecting nurse in that respect now now jolt doesn't apply to blink hits uh as well as uh, exposure hits uh don't work with blink hits um so sort of what i've moved to now is i've run uh pain residence and dead man switch and that's you know basically if i'm if i'm doing try hard in pubs uh so i'll run i still love agitation i, I think it's a very viable perk um for a number of reasons i think it's useful uh, especially when you're running um, pain resonance and scourge hooks, it gives you that little bit of extra distance to be able to reach the scourge hooks if you need to. And um, I still run infectious as well. I've just become way too accustomed to uh, agitation and infectious. And I still get a lot of value out of that combo when uh, trying to chase down 
um, survivors that are trying to hit you with a flashlight save or body block and things of that nature. Uh, well, before we go on, I would just like to shout out, you mentioned all about all the perks that no longer work with the nurses blink things. I want to take this opportunity to uh, just read out exactly which perks don't work with um, blink attacks anymore. And that would be Franklin's, Sloppy Butcher, Jolt, Rancor, Dragon's Grip, Starstruck, Knockout, Noed, Hex Devour Hope, Hex Haunted Grounds, Iron Maiden, and Make Your Choice. Yeah. There's also the um, Knight perk that has the picture of a sword with a skull on the bottom. I cannot remember its name. It's not um, Hex Face the Darkness, and it's not Nowhere to Hide. It's the other one. I can't remember offhand. But yeah, I mean, it's still too new for me. The big one is all the exposure perks. Uh, exposure is pretty much no longer a viable thing for nurse unless you're running more of a meme build, which, uh, you know, I can get into a little bit later, but I have some of those as well. So there are currently 103 killer perks in the game in which 30 come from licensed killers, which people have to pay money for. There are a lot of new and old players out there that might not have any of these yet. So let's focus on the 73 perks that are available to everybody. Do you have any builds that you can share that are worth running? I would say um, there's a combination of various perks that are still pretty good early on if you if you haven't gone through and purchased all the DLCs. And um, obviously, if you have the game, you have Nurse. Um, so then her built-in perks are pretty good on their own. Uh, Fanatophobia is uh, pretty decent. Uh, Nurse's Calling is very good. Um we had mentioned Sloppy Butcher, of course, that's not really viable any longer, or Jolt, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of early uh, nurse gamers, and actually nurse gamers all around, use Whispers. I was never a Whisper nurse, but uh, Whispers is something that's available to everybody. Um, so I, I would say some combination of those, I would I would suggest. Um, you can't really do Noed any longer, but that was a, a built-in uh, perk for everybody but again without exposure being viable for nurse any longer it's uh, no it's sort of something that you wouldn't want to run so there are occasions where even those who have the most play to win kind of mentality want to have a game with a less than optimal build whether it would be to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky meme kind of build could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds that you'd like to use for fun so I have a couple sort of side builds that I'll run. And a lot of the time it's if my viewers are asking for it or if I just feel like mixing it up. Um, there's the backpack build, which this is one exception to where uh, Starstruck is still viable for nurse. And the combination that I would use is agitation, awakened awareness, Starstruck and Madgrit. And um, if I had to choose add ons, I'd run Matchbox and Jenners and uh Basically, the, the hilariousness of this build is that you just have rapid swinging with mad grit. You just can kind of chase people down throughout the map, mad swinging. And when you get hits with mad grit, it, of course, allows you to carry the person even further if they're struggling. But a lot of the time you'll lucky out and have somebody that's basically just gone AFK since they're facing a nurse. And that's why we call it the backpack build, because you're you're backpacking a survivor on your back. Uh, the other build that uh, was sort of a viewer's request build on my stream was um, they call it sort of the undetectable sneaky nurse. And so we run uh, trail of torment tinkerer hex third seal and hex plaything. And uh, an additional add on that you could run in that is you could run Kavanaugh's uh, just to get additional uh, blindness on the survivors. But 
Um, I found those to be pretty enjoyable just to play around with from time to time. They're not particularly strong, but uh, they, they do play out well. And to be honest, I would say nurse doesn't even really need perks. Um, when all these reworks occurred in the last patch, I had a lot of people coming into my channel and saying, so what are you going to do? Starstruck nurse is gone. And honestly, um, what it led me to is I said, you know what, for the next couple of days, we're just going to play perkless nurse and see how it goes. And she's very viable perkless. It's just, you have to kind of go back to basic strategy when you don't have perks. But of course, when you're running those perks, you can kind of do more of these meme things or, um, run more of a play style that suits those, uh, builds. So. So when picking a build, one of the most important things to people are add-ons and it can change the game entirely whether it's to get someone exposed quicker, makes you quicker, reduces cooldown on your power, or just to slow the game down. So of all the add-ons available to you, what would you run, what would you recommend, and what would you avoid? Well, I used to tell new nurse players to avoid any add-ons that would affect blink range, and um, that's just because you need consistency to learn the blinks. Um, the blink range add-ons aren't so much a thing to even discuss anymore because they're not really around. Uh, but what I would tell new nurse players to avoid would um, avoid those add-ons that make things more difficult for you as a nurse. Uh, there's a few add-ons that basically just reduce the powers of your blinks. There's white knit comb, there's dull bracelet, and essentially all that those do is they just nerf your blinks in various ways in exchange for uh, small blood point bonuses. Um, I would say early on, if you're trying to understand the blink mechanics, I would run uh, the add-on plaid flannel which basically gives you a beacon to show you where your blink is going to land, depending on not only how long you've charged it, but um, where you're looking vertically. And uh, what I usually say is go into customs or now you can actually jump into a game with bots or you could go into public matches and just prepare to get beaten because you're playing around and run plaid flannel on a two story map and just see how the charging of the blinks and how where you're looking vertically affects jumping between floors or uh, the relative distance to where you're standing. Um, the perks that I run, I enjoy Wooden Horse. Um, that just reduces your penalty for missed swings. And it's not so much that I get a lot of missed swings, but what it allows you to do is um, play a lot riskier. And if you're blinking to a blind corner where you're not sure if the survivor's sitting there or not, but you suspect that they might be, it gives you a little bit more leeway to just blindly swing into a corner that you think someone might be in without having to suffer a full penalty. Uh, another one that I've been running a lot recently is Anxious Gasp, which I call the uh, the bottle of Jack Daniels. If you look at the icon, you'll understand why. But um, Basically, all it does is it makes the survivors scream when you blink through them. It's hilarious. You get more blood points for it. Uh, occasionally, it will give me some value and it'll give you information if you happen to blink through a survivor that's hiding somewhere. Um, and in combination with infectious fright and uh, pain resonance, it's funny because you just have survivors screaming constantly under different situations. And I've gone back and watched um, opponents streams where they're just like, why am I constantly screaming? And uh I don't know. That's that's enjoyable to me. But um, I also like running weird things that you don't see run a lot. You don't see a lot of nurse players run that um, add on. And because of that, a lot of people don't even know it exists. And I, I actually I ran anxious gasp in a comp once and the uh, the viewers were gawking at me for running sort of a non meta add on until I ended up getting value for it. And then they were sort of surprised, I guess. But um some other good add-ons to run, uh, a couple that I used to run all the time. There's um, Metal Spoon, which I refer to as Diet Strider. Basically, it gives you 
the um, the benefits of the perk Strider, but in in an add-on slot and but only for sixty seconds. Um, another one is Badman's Keepsake, which is basically it's the tooth um, icon. So usually I just call them Spoon and Tooth. Uh, tooth is Diet Nurse's Calling, so that gives you the healing aura. Uh, I believe for sixty seconds after they're hit. And with that combination, if you run Spoon and Tooth, you can effectively have what a lot of people refer to as six perk nurse. So you you have both add-on slots being um, acting as Strider or Nurse's Calling. And then the other four perk slots are obviously anything you choose to supplement those two. So getting the right perks and add-ons are very important, but getting the strategy right is equally as important as it is how the game is played. So I want to talk a little bit more about your strategy. When loading into a trial, what are your preferred maps and what strategy do you adopt based on the perks and add-ons that you use on a regular basis? So one thing I can tell you about basic strategy with nurse, and I use this to judge other nurses when I'm playing against them as survivor, is I'll very much judge a nurse's skill based on how quickly they get a blink off in early trial. If you're not blinking early trial, you are wasting your nurse's ability because the fastest way to traverse the map is through blinking. You're actually you're the slowest character in the game unless you're blinking as nurse. So um, early on, what I'll do is I'll look to where either the furthest gen is or where to where the uh, there's usually a cluster of two gens far away. And there's a good chance that the survivors are going to be spawning over in that area. And I'll try to get over to that area as quickly as possible and obviously be looking for survivors, listening for gens or looking for scratch marks. So early on, it's basically find the survivor spawns. Um, there's a few maps that I'd say uh, are good for me or good for nurse in general. I would say the smaller square shaped maps that are multi-story uh, like the game, like Midwich, um, like Dead Dog isn't fully multi-story, but, you know, you have the uh, the saloon. Um, and I would even say reworked Raccoon City is good now that it's quite a bit smaller. Um, and people will say, well, how do you avoid those issues where you're you're trying to blink through floors? And um, isn't that uh, a disadvantage to nurse? And what I say is, no, once you learn how to blink through the floor and know how to do that effectively, it's actually an advantage because if you think about it, blinking through the floor um, either going upstairs or downstairs without requiring a staircase or a hole in the ground is one of the few things that you as the nurse can do that no other killer or any survivor can do. And, and even in situations where a survivor can drop through the floor through a hole or uh, jump out a window, you have to take into account that they have that unless they have balanced landing, they have that stun time that basically they're they're locked into that. Uh, path so you can path them exactly to where they're going to go and get a hit without having to follow them like a, uh, any other killer would have to um, for more difficult maps i would say um, the preschool maps i tend to struggle with uh, suffocation pits I, I think universally known to be harder for killers and um, the uh, yamoka state specifically the family residence one the really long uh, version of that map i think those are, are harder for nurse so when you're going into a match, you have to assess your strategy based on the perks that you have, the add-ons you have on, the map that you happen to load into, and the survivors that you're likely to face. Because, well, let's face it, there's not many survivors that play alike. You've got your W holders, you've got your good loopers. Uh, so let's talk about your playstyle. Do you opt to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play, or just play like you have some kind of one-trick routine or strategy? 
So early on, I would say it is more of a one trick routine. Uh, like I said, it's basically finding survivors as early as possible. And especially when you're running a build like uh, Starstruck or Scourge Hooks, where basically the, the benefits of those perks are dependent on you getting downs and getting them early. Um, you want to find those survivors quickly. So right right as I spawn, I'm basically charging a blink into the direction that I think is most likely a path where I'll find survivors. Um, now, occasionally you'll find survivors that are very good at juking nurse and they're rare, but they do exist. And a lot of them are actually nurse mains because they're obviously the ones that understand the mechanics best. Um, the biggest thing I think in DVD when you're playing killer is not to become too pot committed into a bad chase. And that can be really enticing, especially if you get a first hit and then a dead hard hit and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to down this person. Meanwhile, you're getting two or three gens done. If that's happening, you've gone way too far into a chase. Um, but another thing that I've noticed in playing survivors is I've kind of lumped them into categories in terms of their chases. And there's a lot of survivors that'll hold W, like you said. There's a lot that will... Um, there's a lot that will double back and a lot can be told just by the movement of a survivor and uh, the way that their their body moves when they run and also where they're looking, which you can tell obviously by where their head's looking. Um, you can read into their builds and where they're going to move next and how they're going to corner. Uh, but most of that all comes just from repetition and, and a lot of it becomes built into you sort of innately as you experience these chases over and over and over again. It's, it, it's a lot of muscle memory and repetition. That's the best thing I can say. Totems have always been a big part of how people play, and it can change the game entirely by either hindering or helping both sides. So in 2021, they released Boon Totems, and these alone became a powerful tool for survivors. As a killer, you're either forced to leave them alone and face the consequences, or snuff them only to find 20 seconds later that they're back up again. So let's talk more about totems, and more specifically, totem spawns. Do you think they're in a good place, or do you think more changes are needed? I like totems in the game, generally, and the reason that I think that they're good for the game is because I think anytime they add something to the game that adds options to either the killer or survivor side, it creates a more interesting strategy. So I think boons are they're a fun, newer element to the game. Um, I don't think there's any changes that are entirely necessary to them. I, I think Circle of Healing is particularly strong, but not so strong that it's game killing. I do use Circle of Healing a lot when I play Survivor. Um, aside from it being a good perk, I think, again, that it gives survivors additional activities to do. And I think in light of... Um, of gen blocking perks and, and perks that kind of leave the survivors in a position of, well, what am I supposed to do here while I can't heal or while I can't work a gen, you, you know, early game, say if the killer is running corrupt intervention, if I have circle of healing, well, now I have something that I can do that benefits my team that maybe I can use to develop a map strategy and that I can use actually to get blood points. I'm not just kind of stuck in this game waiting for corrupt intervention to die out. Um, I, I feel the same way. I, I use sabotage a lot. And to be honest, it's it's not always just to block um, hooks from occurring. It's sometimes just to draw the attention of the killer away or just to get 500 free blood points. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that might just drop a, a hook every once in a while for fun. But um, but it's an easy 500 blood points every uh, minute or two. 
Having played with the nurse a lot, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against high-profile players, comp players, um, content creators, um, or maybe just some insane downs or extraordinary clutch moments where you pulled a game back from a losing game to a winning game. Do you think you can share any of these with us? I've played some bigger names on Twitch. Um, I've played uh, Otofu. I've played him once. Uh, and, and to be honest, it's one of those things where you watch him play on his stream and he's just very, um, I, I guess, uh, not not bored, but he's played the game so much that it just comes to him naturally. And you don't realize how good he is until you play against him. Um, I've also played against Granny and uh, Jason Sully. And, and I'll say Jason Sully was huge to my channel. Uh, when I played against him, there was just an well, he, he brought my channel up onto his stream and there was just an outpouring of people that came into my channel and gave me follows. I think I got like 500 follows that day or something, which at the state of my channel at the time was huge. It still is. But um, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest ways to actually grow your channel is is to get good at a game and play and play and play until you run into bigger names. And uh, eventually people start noticing you. So with the amount of time that you've been playing the nurse, you must have some great advice that you can share with us. So what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? The most basic advice I can give, and, and I'll say this over and over again, is new players that want to learn nurse need to set the time aside. They need to, I'll say it over and over again, embrace the suck and not get easily discouraged by getting stomped on and bullied early when learning. Uh, nurse has a very, very steep learning curve, uh, but the more you play, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is that eventually you get to return the stomping, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, the, the better you get with Nurse, the more uh, things will change for you, and you'll be able to return the favor to those comp teams um, that have been bullying you all this time. So I want to talk a little bit about tiles and more specifically your favorite tile, whether it be the Jungle Gym. LT wall, long wall, the killer shack, any sort of main building from any particular map, or even some of the newer tiles that, that, that have appeared on Macmillan as well. Um, we'd like to hear what your favorite tile is and why. You know, tiles are sort of an interesting discussion when it comes to Nurse, just because walls aren't so much an issue for her. The, the bigger issue, obviously, is, is tall walls uh, that can block line of sight. Um, I do like running survivors at the killer shack. I kind of just like seeing... How different survivors, especially at higher skill levels, try to run the uh, the shack. Um, generally, though, I, I'd say I have pretty similar strategy no matter what the uh, the skill level is of the survivor when I encounter a survivor at, at say the shack. And it depends on their movement prior to us approaching the shack. But it, if I can tell that they're basically someone that's going to double back, but I'm still within their line of sight in the third person around a corner. Uh, one of the biggest things, and it, it's kind of late game strategy with Nurse, you got to learn to fake the direction of where you're going to shoot your blink and then get really good at re-aiming it last second back into a corner. Because a lot of survivors will just park themselves at corners if they see you attempting to blink through a wall. And you can really easily fake them and, and get them trapped by faking them out and then blinking back into that corner. Now, now certain survivors are just going to hold W all along, but those are pretty easy to read early on too. But I, I don't know if I had to pick a specific tile, I'd say um, I, I like killer shack. Killer shack is probably my favorite for nurse just because it's, it's such a strong tile against all other killers, but not for nurse, obviously. So generator speeds have always been in a, 
big issue for killers. And in recent times, they've gotten a lot better with perks and changes to the time it takes for a generator to complete. But with that being said, it's hard for the devs to balance out the game based on some killers being stronger than others. But what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I think meta is definitely going to be primarily gen slowdown perks still, and, and that hasn't changed. Um, for a while, corrupt intervention was basically the requirement in comp DBD scenes, as much as I, I actually don't really like running it. Um, I doubt that's actually changed. I, I'm sure um, corrupt intervention is probably something regularly used in the comp scene. Uh, one of the biggest challenges I think the devs are having in balancing this game is bridging that gap between uh, teams that are prearranged voice comms, um, cop teams, but also balancing for solo queues because there's such a wide range of skill between four player teams of survivors. Uh, I think they've somewhat move towards that uh, with the recent changes um, where solo queue gamers now have the ability to see their teammates uh, current activity icon. I think that'll help. Um, of course, it's still not as good as voice comms, but I think it will um, re reduce some of those obvious advantages that voice comm teams have in, you know, not sending two survivors to go get an unhook. Um, if you're able to read your teammates, uh, their, their basic, um, activity. If you're able to see that they're on a gen, you know that they're not running for a hook. So you can read into that a little bit. And, and that does in some ways bridge that gap. But I, I think the the fundamental problem the devs are having in trying to balance the game is they're really trying to balance two different games with the same set of rules. So MMO is something that Behaviour have put into help matches to help make matches fairer for everyone with each individual skill level trying to be as close to each other as possible. There have been many different opinions on this matter, ranging from it should have never been implemented in the first place, or MMR has been a good change to my matches as I'm not getting as many crap survivors juicing me for five gens, and even some in-between reactions to thinking it's a good intention, just a rather primitive or um, silly way of measuring MMR with it being just kills versus escapes, rather than something like measuring, um, like tracking emblems, for example, which are already existing in the game. Um, so tell us from your own experience, your thoughts on MMR and how it's affected your games with the nurse. So I, I think this kind of goes back to the previous question of, um, I guess, bridging that gap and trying to figure out there's a lot of subjectivity to this game in terms of what's a win and what's a loss and what makes a good team. I mean, obviously, at the far end, getting a 4K or getting a four out is a hard win. But but what is a three out? What is a 3K? Right. Um, and most people will have general agreement over what what those are going to fall into. But I would say MMR has not affected my game too much. I just continue playing. I would say probably in terms of difficulty, it has way more to do with what time I'm playing. I've noticed survivors during afternoons on the weekends are absolutely bonkers. Um, any other times, they're basically the same. And that, that could deal with the number of players in the game. It could deal with who's swiffing or the style of games that you deal with at those times. It could deal with the servers I'm interacting with. So there's there's a lot more to it, I think, than MMR. Um, and, and again, I think the challenge that the devs are running into when trying to develop an MMR is trying to match those players of equal skill, also factoring in that you probably have swifts involved all the while not trying to make queue time so unbearable that the game isn't fun to play. And I think that there's also a lot of uh, subjective measurement that goes into what skill is in this game. And as we've seen 
uh, over the years, the evolution of the game, I think the devs aren't even really sure how to show what what skill is in this game. They, they don't even have a, a solid um, thing to represent that. Right. We have devotion level. We have killer and survivor grade, which now gets reset every month. We have prestige level. And on top of that, now we have a whole separate MMR system that isn't, um, it, you know, unless you're deep diving into the stats of the game, uh, you're not no one's really sure what the MMR levels are, or what theirs are until they're facing really good players. So, you know, I, I think they're in a constant state of trying to figure out what what MMR is and how are you going to display how good you are in the game. But I, I still don't think that we're quite there yet in, um, in working that out fully. So going against the very killer that you main can be quite the experience. Being a main for that particular killer, you've got a better insight than most about what they can and can't do, the add-ons they might even be using, and knowing exactly what they're capable of with their limits. When you're playing Survivor, do you enjoy playing against the nurse? I would say nurse is probably one of my favorite killers to go against, and, and for the reasons you're saying. Uh, far too many Survivors, uh, the Survivor mains will just write off nurse as cheating or not actually playing the game, you know, all these things I obviously hear in post-game a lot. And I think a lot of that comes from not being experienced as uh, a player of DBD or have played nurse. Um, so they don't understand what her mechanics are or her limitations are. I mean, the blink is a huge power, but being the slowest character in the game um, is also a huge weakness. Being stunned every time you use your power is also a huge weakness. Um, you can't counter a nurse with pallet looping like you can with most killers. And I think, unfortunately, survivors fall into the trap of trying to play against a nurse like they play other every other killer and when it doesn't work they complain or dc or give up or or basically it's a refusal to learn because they don't have enough interaction with her um i, I think the biggest thing with counterplaying a nurse is realizing that what you needed to get good at is faking the nurse's blinks and breaking her line of sight and there's some survivors that are very very good at that they're rare but i go against plenty of them and the ones that are good are extremely good Lucky for me, usually you don't have four of them on one team. DBD has gone through many changes, from balancing, perk changes, to complete readjustment of some killers. And we want to know, do you think the devs are doing a good job with the current state of DBD? Do you think they need to do more, or are you happy with the current state of the game? This is such a difficult question to ask without everybody telling me that I'm wrong, <laughs> because no one wants to be happy about this game ever. But I, I don't think they're doing a bad job. Um, I've definitely seen the game in worse states. Uh, for example, those who have played the game not even very long uh, recently, we had the nurse, for me, disabled for a month. Um, we had Deadheart was just basically completely broken for a fairly long period of time. It had to be patched. Um, so I think things are fairly steady right now. Uh, I haven't run anything that's too, too broken. I'm able to get through games without too many complaints or things that seemed like they went wrong. Um, and even though they've made a lot of recent changes to the nurse and nerfed her, I kind of like it when they do that. Um, even though I think that a lot of it is done just due to survivor outcry and it's not really necessary for her entirely. I do like it when they shake up the game. And I think that I think that there's a certain level of cred that comes to playing a killer that's been most recently nerfed. It's like, how are you going to complain about me playing her? How are you going to say they need to nerf her? They just got done doing that. 
So the nurse has just had a major rework. Her blinks now count as a special attack and her add-ons have changed quite a bit. So how do you think she feels? Do you think the changes... Uh, do you think it will change the nurse at all? Do you think she's still strong? And how do you think they did on these changes? I think the nurse is definitely still strong. And I think the perks aren't so much... Um, the backbone of a build so much as the killer's main attacks should be the backbone of a build. Right. Um, I think it's obvious that the reasons they made the changes to the nurses blink is due to a lot of survivor outcry about starstruck being OP. I don't know that it was so much OP as it was just very overly used. And, and you can thank me for part of that. Um, they eliminated the range add-ons, which I never really ran to begin with. Um, a lot of viewers have come to my channel again, asking me what I was going to do and to prove that nurse was totally still viable, no matter what they did before they added the patch. I just ran her for several days perkless and I still had complainers in the post game. So, uh, she's still strong. She's going to be strong. Even if you nerf all of the perks in the game for her, she's still totally viable. Um, it's just, you know, I, I think. It's a combination of wanting to shake up the game and make new things while also probably making the masses happy is why they do a lot of the different nerfing that they do. But pretty much all I've done is I've stopped running Starstruck because it's not really a perk that you would run a run on Nurse anymore. It wouldn't make sense. Just like it wouldn't make sense to run Starstruck on, I don't know, Huntress. So we spoke about this with our last interviewee, uh, Raf, but traversing floors can sometimes be an issue, especially if you're quite new um, to playing Nurse as well and if you happen to be on a map like Midwitch or the game. Basically, the consensus here is that it all comes with practice, um, which is what uh, Rath said. But with that being said, is there anything you'd like to share that you think might help with this issue that others might not know? Well, like you said, practice makes perfect. Uh, learning how to traverse the floors effectively, it all comes with experience. There are ways to avoid um, going through floors purposely. Like, say, if you've charged a blink too much and you don't want to go through a floor, by using collision with different objects, but that just comes with learning what objects and what walls are going to stop you from blinking. Uh, the biggest thing I'd say to people that come into my channel and want to learn nurse, that the thing that I always go into is that you need to realize that the nurse's blink is more than just how long her charge is held. It's also where you're looking vertically. And typically, if you want the furthest blink, you should be looking out, uh, basically straight out into the horizon, slightly upward. Uh, if you want to slow down a blink or not slow down, but but limit the distance of it, a fully charged blink can basically be made in place by looking straight down. It can also be reduced by looking fully up. So somewhere within that uh, threshold of all the way down and all the way up is where you're going to get your max blink. And I would say it's it's probably at a 10 percent angle, maybe over the horizon. And that's why when you watch really experienced nurse players, what you see is they do a lot of what this what's called flicking. So just prior to the uh, blink, they flick the mouse up vertically just to get a little bit more distance. And it makes a huge difference. I mean, again, I'll watch back survivor streams, uh, people that I've played, and a lot of people think that I run range add-ons, but I don't. Um, it, it just it gives you that extra little push. Um, so, you know, I, I would say in terms of blinking through the floors, if you want to learn that, or if you want to learn distance, jump in a custom game, um, jump in a bot game, jump in pubs if if you want to, if you don't mind losing a bunch and just run plaid flannel temporarily 
and charge up your blinks and look up and down and you'll start to get an idea as far as how that mechanic works. But I would also discourage new players from using plaid flannel as a way to learn. Um, I never used plaid flannel up until I already understood the blinks because I think it it's something that needs to come um, from, like you said, uh, so it's, it's kind of cliche, but, but experience, the more you do it, the better you get, you, you get good at what you do often. Right. So that's, that's really all I can say on that one. So you need to be pretty thick skinned to, in order to play the strongest killer of the game. Survivors most of the time are pretty toxic when facing her, but the nurse has a very high ceiling and I don't think she's easy to play. Some people shy away from playing her after a few bad games. But what made you stick with her? Uh, like I said, I, I had a lot of time and a lot of that just came from what my family situation was at the time. I had a new daughter born. I was on family medical leave. I was home watching my daughter at night. I needed something to do. And I knew that I had enough time to commit to learn the nurse's mechanic. Um, and didn't like that, too. I'd say I, I just have pretty thick skin as a person. <laughs> so um being embarrassed for the first 20 or so games, I tell everybody, embrace the suck. Get used to having a lot of bad blinks and uh, people, you know, teabagging at the exit gates. But um, once you get over that, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, eventually, you won't be seeing teabagging at the exit gates anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty much all I got. So do you think the meta on Nurse um, has now changed since there's no more ranged add-ons? And to beat a dead horse one more time, her blinks are now counted as special attacks instead of M1s and some perks that made her really strong you know, no, now no longer work with her. So do you see like a gen kicking meta build coming up like every other killer or an aura, aura reading meta taking over? Or do you still think it could go any other sort of direction? I don't see gen kicking. Um, gen kicking was sort of a meta for nurse uh, back when, when Pop Goes a Weasel was a lot stronger and a lot more prevalent in the game. Um, I do think the meta has changed, obviously, because you don't have any exposure perks. So there's pretty much you can write off any of those perks being played on Nurse. There's no reason to run Starstruck or Noed or, or any of those, unless you're running a meme build like we discussed earlier. Um, I do think the build that I'm running right now is pretty strong um, and, and strong for all killers all around. Um, I think the Scourge Hook Deadman Switch build is probably one of the best things out there at the moment. Uh, but like I said, too, Nurse is still strong regardless of perks. Um, perks are really just uh, things to to contour your strategy, not so much um, base your strategy off of. So they're just little add-ons that allow you to get away with some things that maybe you couldn't have gotten away with without them. Um, but yeah, I think the Nurse is plenty strong without any perks, but the meta is still going to be Gen Slowdown and... Um, yeah, I, I think basically the exposure perks are kind of out the window at this point. So I've watched a lot of people play Nurse, and I've always wondered how people track survivors when chasing them. Because when you've got maps like Larry's where there's lots of twists and turns, it is actually hard to keep track. But a good Nurse player always seem to have the knack of knowing. So um, survivor tracking, I would say, is half experience with Nurse and half map knowledge. And as we were talking earlier, uh, good survivors uh, that, that are good at counterplaying nurse a lot of the times are nurse mains themselves. The same is true for good nurse mains, right? Good nurse mains play probably a good amount of survivor just to understand the mechanics and understand viewing angles and understand what you can get away with 
as Survivor. Um, a lot of the information can be gathered just from watching a Survivor's head and body movement, basically what their intentions are going to be. Um, survivors can also be faked into going where you want them to go, depending on their movement. It, it's kind of late game strategy, hard to explain, but um, a lot of the time I can tell if a survivor is loading a dead hard, uh, obviously based off if they've already used a uh, an exhaustion perk, we know that dead hard's probably not a thing, but if they've not already uh, used Sprint Burst or Lithe, um, you can count on there probably being a dead hard there, in which case, you know, you can see them looking behind them and getting ready to place that. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of the tracking, getting back to that, um, I, I actually like Larry's. Um, and I think a lot of it is guessing. But on those maps where there's a lot of obstacles, I think survivors take for granted too much um, how many line of sight obstacles they can put in their way. And it allows you as nurse to kind of guess, cut corners and more than often, I'd say, get lucky. So, um, and you know, the, the more that you just try to make good, big plays, you see what you're capable of doing by making good guesses. And, uh, you know, you, you don't get lucky in, unless you try. So, um, that's probably, probably what I would say the most about tracking is just, um, getting a feel for how fast a survivor moves when they're running and trying to guess if they're just going to continue holding W all the way and cutting them off halfway in between. So Dead Hard has been meta for quite some time, basically since it got introduced in the game when David Present David King decided to grace us with his presence. Even after its rework, it's still the most used exhaustion perk, and I often see it in at least three out of four survivors in my lobbies now that I've started get, getting back into playing Killer again. When you get the precise blink on a survivor, whether it be your first or second blink, now this is like your first chase on a survivor in the game, do you swing at the survivor there and then? Or do you... Uh, wait out the dead hard as a precaution, take the fatigue and then just blink onto them again. You know, go through the effort of having another um, precise blink onto that survivor just to get the just to get that down. So a few patches ago, dead hard was almost expected to the point where I would hold my second blink, see if I could fake them into um, into triggering their dead hard. And I would try to second blink my way into their dead hard landing spot. Um, I would say not so much anymore. I think Dead Hard is actually less common than it used to be. I think it's very prevalent among uh, top end players, mostly because I think Dead Hard's a lot harder to use now. Um, but uh, usually I'll just swing into people's Dead Hards, honestly, uh, unless I'm so sure that they have Dead Hard that I think it's worth teasing out. Um, now we have to remember that Dead Hard's grant blood points now, and they put survivors into that sort of mending state. So, um, it, you know, I, I found Dead Hard to be a lot more annoying when you actually got no reward for hitting them while using it. But for me, especially depending on what build I'm running, if if I'm already downing people with no gens done, whatever, I'll take a third. Uh, I'll hit them three times and give them three health states. I, I like getting you get a tremendous amount of points for hitting a survivor after a blink attack. If I can get three of those and it chase great. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say that's not covered in these questions? Uh, so I have a few nurse uh, talking points that that they're really rarely spoken about uh, in these sort of interviews or, or things that people almost never ask me about. And, and people always talk about the blink mechanics and uh, whether or not I think, uh, you know, nurses OP or, or what perks are good with her. But there's a couple of very rarely spoken about and, and just sort of widely 
unknown or misunderstood things about nurses mechanics. And number one, uh, a huge benefit to nurse that I'm not sure is even intended or not by the devs. But when blinking through certain objects, the nurse actually has the ability to clip through the map and see survivors. And sometimes it's only for a matter of a frame or two, but it's enough for nurse mains, especially early on in the game. If you can blink through some of these objects, you'll be able to tell where all the spawn points are for all the survivors in the maps. Particularly, um, I've noticed it on Raccoon City PD. I, I haven't tried it too much since the rework, but you're able to see survivors and sometimes you can even see them in lockers, uh, especially if you're if you're blinking through a locker for a frame or two. If a survivor's hiding in there, you'll see them in that locker or you'll see like a, a silhouette of them in there. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird thing that I'll point out to uh, viewers every once in a while. Sometimes they don't even notice it and I'll have to go and do a playback frame by frame to show them here they are. You can see them in this pretty much you'll have um, if it's not the locker, if it's just the clipping through the map example that I gave, it's um, it's what you see in a lot of 3D games where uh, the entire um, landscape of the game will disappear. You just sort of have that backdrop um, sky and ground, but you'll be able to see their um, their silhouettes sort of dancing around on that. Uh, another thing that is very rarely spoken about, but this became a thing um, a couple patches ago, palading the nurse is almost always a bad idea now. Um, I mean, usually trying to pallet stun a nurse is a bad idea, but even if the nurse is already in her fatigue state, uh, hitting her with a pallet will most likely give her a lesser stun. So um, a double blink and a miss swing is going to give a three and a half second penalty. But if you pallet stun the nurse at the beginning of that penalty, you'll actually drop her to a two second stun penalty. That'll happen in occasion. And I noticed it when they patched it because it used to stack. You used to end up with like a five second penalty after that. And it would just take you forever to um, get back in. And then for a while there, it was, um, they would hit you with the pallet and you would just still have that initial three and a half second penalty. Now it will sometimes override that three and a half second and give you a lesser penalty and get you back into a chase faster because the survivor palleted you. On top of that survivor sticking around long enough to drop the pallet and locking them in that animation. So, um, it, you know, the, the two things I would say that are common misconceptions with nurse, number one, the palleting of the nurse and how those mechanics work. And number two, almost no one knows about that, that clipping through the map thing until I show them, I, I've got a few clips on my, um, on my Twitch channel of it. And I want to upload them to YouTube because it's, it's something that I, I see not even big time nurse players ever talking about, but I have some uh, screenshots of me clipping through maps and you're just able to see all the survivors on the map. And unless you have really good eyes and probably a good Hertz monitor for it, um, you might not even catch it. Um, and, and just a couple more things for you guys. I, I had a question um, not to put you on the spot. But I was curious because I'd heard about it. Do you know if speedrun.com, if they have any plans to rework their ranking system since like with with nurse no longer having the ability to use exposure, I, I think probably topping those times is going to be impossible. It's going to be rough now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something we need to look into because not I don't think um, all of the runs actually use all of these perks. Um, I think we did look at it, and I think the number one spot wasn't using any of the exposure perks. The uh, the top ones that I've seen are uh, are Haunted Ground and Starstruck, and uh, Starstruck's obviously out, and and Haunted Ground is going to lose its value as well. Um, the the few people because uh, I was 
number one for a little bit there. And then I got bumped down by some haunted ground gamers. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're just, we're not going to be able to beat that. I think the current time is somewhere right around uh, a minute 50 and a minute 51, I think. Yeah. And I just, I tried it a couple of times, but, um, and not to take away from the people that took those number one spots, they, they earned them. Um, but I tried it for a while, but there is so much RNG in getting a good haunted ground, um, play. I mean, it's like, you're depending on basically the survivors to break your totem. So, um, I, I thought about it. We'll look into it. Okay. Yeah, cool. Like I said, I didn't want to put you guys on the spot. I'm just curious, um, you know, how you manage that, you know? But, um, you know, my last thing, obviously, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, if any listeners, if you want to come check me out, Twitch TV, Tijuana. I usually stream late evenings um, around 9 p.m. Central Time. And again, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this interview. It's nice to get another perspective on Nurse, especially now that many patches have happened. You're very welcome. We'll put your um, we'll put some links to your Twitch and any anything else that you want to provide into the description of the episode as well. Right, thank you so much for coming by, to your honor. Hey, excellent. Thank you.